0: Good morning <clears throat> our Lord entered on this day a rebellious city that later rejected him the question is are our wills as rebellious as Jerusalem's at time our faith more often show than substance let us pray the prayer of confession and seek mercy from God the son of David and the Savior of our lives how we confess Merciful God, when we sense who you are, we are ashamed. How do you tolerate our pettiness? The abundance you have given us has made proud more than thankful. We act as if our accomplishments were all our own doing. We seldom acknowledge your generosity or let you rule our lives. We go through the forms of worship we try to keep you at a safe distance. We fill our lives with status-proving activity that blocks out your call and limits your response. Oh God, if we need to change, will you help us? In Jesus' name, amen. We have laid at Jesus' feet all that we have in this moment and all that we are. So in response, our Lord has assured us that he forgives what is sinful, he heals what is broken, and he receives us as his own. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. day to repeat this great affirmation of faith the Apostles Creed shall we share it together I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead. He sitteth at the right hand and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From hence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the Communion of Saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life eternal. Amen. Now. Let's take a moment to greet one another on this very joyous day in the the Christian year. Shall we greet one another?
1: Good morning. morning. We welcome you here to Church of the Palms. We are so glad that you're with us on this Palm Sunday. Wish we had a little more sun for you, but it looks like the rain is staying away. So we'll have a chance to greet one another after the service as well underneath the, uh, the tree. We welcome you to also fill out the friendship pads, which are in the pews and pass those along to your neighbor. And hopefully you'll get a chance to put name and face together there for people that are sitting near you and also welcome them into our midst here at church of the palms yes this is palm sunday the beginning of holy week we begin our intensive journey to the cross this week and we invite you to uh, uh, use this little insert as your guide uh, to your holy week journey Uh, put that on your refrigerator and that way you won't uh, be mistaken on times and such Uh, We will be having um, worship from 12 to 1, uh, Monday through Friday in the chapel. You're welcome to stop by for a time of prayer, quiet meditation, reflection upon your journey to the cross during those five days. And then on Monday, Thursday at 7 o'clock, we'll be here in the sanctuary worshiping. And then at 7 o'clock on Good Friday, we will be out between the sanctuary and the Campus Center doing the Stations of the Cross and reflecting upon the the journey of Jesus to the cross, and then finally, of course, on Easter Sunday, we begin at the beach at 6.30 in the morning. I don't think the sun rises until about 9 o'clock, but we'll be there at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, you're welcome to come. We get throngs out there, so uh, join us and uh, bring a blanket or something warm to wear we have a great time and then of course we have our services, our traditional services and garden service at their regular times on Easter morning. We are receiving today our offering for the Jesus film. You have been hearing about this over the last several weeks, this opportunity for us to to partner with uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators and Campus Crusade for Christ as we uh, sponsor a film to be uh, translated in a particular language that does not yet have the Bible in their language, and we have uh, encouraged you to come along with us as we do that. That offering will be received during our regular offering this morning, so just put your offering in with that offering so that we may uh, direct that toward that great effort of of translating that film, The Life of Jesus, into a language, a heart language, of, of people that have not yet heard that story. Uh, We also have a congregational meeting in a couple of weeks, and that will be to uh, elect our shepherding deacons. We already have 150 people who have said yes to being a shepherding deacon. Isn't that great? Yes. And uh, we have uh, 150 more spots to fill. So uh, we would love to have you, if you've uh, received an invitation to do that, we would love to have you uh, join us with that. If you'd like to learn more about that and have not heard about it yet, uh, please see uh, Mingi and she would be glad to talk with you about that opportunity. Well, it was 25 years ago today, Palm Sunday, when we began our television ministry. Isn't that something? 1,300 broadcasts have happened since. And uh, we are delighted today to be able to celebrate that, uh, that uh, great milestone in our church's life. And uh, it was uh, 25 years ago that uh, Don and Diane Prier I uh, joined that ministry as volunteers and we uh, were volunteers until 1996 when Don took a position with us to be our director of TV ministry and joined our staff. And I'd like to have Don, where are you, Don? There you are. Come on up, Don. And we would love to have you, first of all, say thank you to Don and Diane who's over on that camera right
2: there. Good morning. In 1987, our session had a vision. A vision to have a television ministry at Church of the Palms. Richard Ragg, who was a member of our church back then, was instrumental in engineering, putting together all the pieces to make the broadcast happen. Then in 1988, Palm Sunday, we had our first live broadcast. Viewers have a couple of options to watch our television broadcast. One's through Comcast Channel 189 and the second is through our website via live high-definition streaming. Live is very precious to our viewers. They can watch, hear, sing, hear the sermon at the same time we are experiencing it here in the sanctuary. They become an extension of our congregation even though they're not here physically. How many of you have watched the TV broadcast or have had a loved one watch the television broadcast? Just raise your hands. Wow, isn't that marvelous? I'd like to recognize the men and women behind the scenes who make the TV ministry possible. As I mentioned their names, I'm also going to uh, tell you the years of service they put in. These men and women are very dedicated volunteers. They come Sunday after Sunday. We do have a broadcast 52 weeks a year. And they they do this as a service to Christ and their love of God. Now crew, when I mention your name and you're working today, kinda raise your hand and wave to the congregation so they can see you. Elmer Compton, one year, doing character generation. He's in the control room back there waving through the window. (laughs) Jim Matthews, one year, Tab Brewer, one and a half years he's doing broadcast audio. Paul Ross, substituting for us on camera three, doing that for five years on camera three. Carol Selvey, substituting, five years. Brian Berman, seven years. Dale Pierce, 10 years. Jim Launce, 10 years. Leland Selvey, who's doing House Sound today, 13 years. Fred Jensen, doing camera two. 13 years. John McQueen, who's directing today, 16 years. And Diane Freer, my wife, who I could not do this without, on camera one, just shy of 25 years. You'll note that every one of our camera crew today, and you might see some in the audience, is wearing this lovely tie. Uh, you can't see it from here, but we had them made special as a token of our appreciation, says a 25- years happy anniversary. And I'd like to take this opportunity to have Steve come forward and present him with a tie and <laughs> make him honorary member of our TV crew.
1: uh, they are unsung heroes, aren't they? Um, And we're glad to be able to sing uh, the praises of God and thanksgiving for Don and his crew and for all that they do to bring this uh, worship of ours to our community and frankly to the world. So many people, uh, in fact, we have a a couple from our church that gets up every morning at 6 a.m. in Washington State to watch us live every Sunday. And uh, that's because of the good work of these people. So we are very, very grateful for, for their ministry. Another person for whom we are very grateful is uh, Reverend Phil Bliss. Phil, come on up here. You remember that uh, just a few weeks ago we were planning to celebrate Phil Bliss's ministry with us, but his dearly beloved Marguerite passed away the day before we were to do that and so we uh, we set that aside so that we could focus on celebrating marguerite's life and we've all had the chance to do that in many different ways but we haven't had the chance to get phil up here in front of us to celebrate his ministry and marguerite's ministry as well because both of them have touched our congregation in so many ways and phil has been by many of your bedsides as you have struggled through illnesses he has been that very friendly voice on the other side of the phone when you've had to call or he's called you and And uh, Phil is just one of the great saints and one of the great uh, great disciples here in our midst and has served us since 2005, almost almost, uh, eight years that he's been with us. And uh, he will continue to be with us, thank the the good Lord. But Phil, we wanted to give you this little appreciation of ours uh, for what you have done in our midst and for the blessings that you have showered upon us. You are a great servant and we are grateful to have served with you. God bless you. God
3: bless you, Steve.
4: Thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the uh, show of affection and love and support that I've had all through the years of ministry that I've been here. I must say that it's a little difficult for me to to receive this. Uh, for one thing, uh, God called me to this ministry and I was just doing what he asked me to do. Anybody who's been through the shape class knows that when you function in a ministry area with spiritual gifts for that ministry, then you receive a lot of support, a lot of fulfillment, a lot of uh, uh, strength from from doing that and I have I've received that throughout these years of visitation ministry so uh, i do it for god's sake and i thank you though for that support secondly uh, it's difficult to receive this because my wife marguerite is not standing here with me and she deserves uh, this more than i do and uh, so for her i thank you too Uh, finally um, i want to say what a comfort it is to know the Uh, The ministry of visitation is in good hands with Pastor Mingi and Pastor Allen and Pastor Steve. You didn't know Pastor Steve was a pastor of visitation besides being a head pastor. But he is. He spent hours and hours at Marguerite's bedside. And uh, that brought a great deal of comfort to me, and I thank him for that and i thank you so very much god bless you
5: with the hearts of gratitude let us pray gracious god we come before you this morning with our hearts hearts filled with gratitude to what you have done to us, for us, with us at this place called Church of the Palms. We especially give you thanks for the 25 years of television ministry and eight years of care that Pastor Phil has given to us. We give you thanks for all the other ministries that goes on in this place and your presence with us. We also give you thanks this morning We come before you on this Palm Sunday, grateful for these holy days, holy week ahead of us. We thank you that as a gathered people, we can remember, relive and celebrate the last and powerful days of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ on earth. Be with us as we shout Hosanna to his entry into Jerusalem today. And we pray that you'll be with us as we as he washes the feet of his disciples and gathers with them in the upper room and institutes the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Be with us as he leads the way to pray in Gethsemane and as he is arrested and tried and crucified. Be with us in the stark quiet after his death and be with us in our joy at Jesus' resurrection come Easter morning this week is the week that defines us as followers of christ so give your blessing anew to this congregation and everyone in it we pray be with those who provide leadership and give service here at this church give healing to those who are facing illness and their families we pray we also remember to pray for your comfort and peace for the families of peter devos and Marjorie Kohler as they have come home to you. We pray for those who serve in dangerous places and missionaries who serve you around the world. We bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, here is our chance and privilege to share the good news of the gospel to some group of people somewhere in this world to have it Jesus in the form of Jesus' femme um, in their own language. Let us give generously. Let us pray our most gracious and loving God we give you thanks for your love and generosity towards us every day we give you thanks for giving us hearts that are generous and kind and willing to share we bring these offerings to you hoping that they will bring the good news of your gospel to our fellow brothers and sisters in another land receives our gift and our hearts and our prayers for we bring them to you in the name of our lord jesus christ amen now i would like to invite lori and the children please be seated
6: hi guys long time no see good morning Let's not sit on this. Kind of sit down right around there if you could. That would be awesome. And they're making their way down. Wasn't that a great processional with those palm branches? Oh, so great. And we had an awesome, awesome Easter egg hunt yesterday. Tons of people were here, even in spite of the weather. So it was so, so good. All right. Do not sit on the royal carpet. Excellent. I will walk on it lightly okay I think we are just about ready you know what (laughs) Franklin you're gonna have to move hey guys you want to probably come down here you're not gonna be able to see you're gonna want to come down around the front okay so today we are going to talk about Kings Cooper we're gonna talk about kings and you know how over two thousand years ago jesus came into jerusalem and the people were waving palm branches to welcome him just like we were doing and like any ordinary king jesus came riding in on a mighty stallion Oh, um, actually the gospel says that it was a lowly donkey. But Jesus was flanked with these amazing knights in shining armor with their shiny swords to protect him. Uh, no. Jesus was actually surrounded by disciples who were mostly fishermen and kind of shabbily dressed, actually. Like any normal king, Jesus had money and treasures galore to buy land and to build castles and have great big fancy parties. Uh, no, Jesus didn't have any money. He relied on God to provide for all of his needs. Like any normal king, Jesus wore a crown studded with diamonds and rubies and other precious gems. Actually, the crown that Jesus wore later in the week was a crown of thorns they placed on his head to mock him. Well, What kind of king is this? No power, no army, no castles. Jesus wasn't an ordinary normal king. He was the kind of king who came to serve and to show us how to love. You know how much he loves you and me? That much. Let us pray. Lord, today, We celebrate the entry of Jesus, the King of Kings, into Jerusalem. We just stand in awe and thanksgiving that you would send your Son to save us. Help us to have the same humility and fill us with your love so that it spills all over everybody that we meet. Amen. Okay, let's go.
1: Be seated. I forgot to mention that Pastor Phil will be available for you after the service underneath the tree, assuming it's not raining. To uh, to be greeted, and if by chance it is raining, uh, Phil would like to have you go into the chapel reception room, where there'll be a little cake there for you to enjoy. If not outside. Our scripture this morning is taken from the gospel according to John, the 12th chapter, beginning with the 12th verse. Hear the word of God. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they had heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. And the Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. We are thankful, O Lord, that on this day, that we can join with the throngs and walk with the crowds as Jesus enters Jerusalem. And We pray, O Lord, that this word of Palm Sunday might penetrate into our hearts and minds such that we might wonder what it means to follow Jesus, not just in this Palm Sunday crowd, but all the way through this week as he suffers and dies and is raised from the dead for our sakes. So bless us as we reflect upon these things in Christ's name amen well we have been reading through the gospel of John as a congregation and as we find ourselves here at the end of Lent we are today at the story of Palm Sunday as recorded of course by the gospel of John you may have noticed something about John's gospel and that is that he tells the story of Jesus in a very different way than do the other gospel writers and if it weren't for John's gospel, we wouldn't have many of the gospel stories that we have today. We wouldn't have the conversation with Nicodemus about being born again. We wouldn't have the story and the conversation with Jesus and the woman at the well. We, we wouldn't have Doubting Thomas if we didn't have the gospel of John. And another thing we wouldn't have, perhaps, is Palm Sunday. John is the only one of the Gospel writers who actually mentions palms in the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. He tells us specifically that it was palms that the people brought before Jesus. The others don't mention palms per se, they just say that the crowd brought leafy branches on the road before Jesus. So it might be safe to say that if we didn't have John, today would not be Palm Sunday, but leafy branch Sunday. (laughs) And I suppose in turn, we would be called Church of the Leafy Branch. (laughs) So thank goodness for John. Thank goodness also for John, because it is John who doesn't forget to tell us that Palm Sunday was connected to a major, major event in Jesus' ministry, which quite curiously, again, does not get mentioned in the other three Gospels. John reminds us that Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem was preceded probably by the greatest miracle of Jesus' ministry, the resurrection of Lazarus, the raising of a dead man to life. That's the story we talked about last week. And and John tells us that the crowd came to greet Jesus with palms, but he also tells us why they came to greet Jesus with palms. It's because they had heard about Jesus' amazing miracle. My goodness, this man has raised a dead man to life. We have to go out and see this guy. And not only did they come to see Jesus, but they came to see Lazarus as well. They wanted to see the the evidence of Jesus' work, almost like a, a circus act. The, the crowd gathered to see the amazing Jesus and the one who had, he had raised from life from death. And so, in John, it makes sense that the first words out of the mouths of the crowd was "Hosanna." Now, what does "Hosanna" mean? "Hosanna" means Save us now. Save us now. You see, in John's Gospel, the crowd takes on this unique character. These are people who have gotten the word that Jesus has done some pretty amazing stuff, and they want in on the action. Hosanna! Save us now! Imagine the word getting out that there's a man handing out, ha- hanging out down at the local 7-Eleven who will bless your lottery ticket. Not that any of you play the lottery. <laughs> and if he blesses your lottery ticket, you become an instant winner. Imagine the crowd that would soon form. So Jesus raises a man from the dead, and now all of a sudden there's a crowd. Which is okay, I suppose, if you are a crowd person. Are you a crowd person? Some people are crowd people and some people are not crowd people. Some people when they walk into a crowded room kind of get their energy from the crowd and they kind of work the crowd, you know, shake hands, hug people, kiss babies. Others when they walk into a crowded room immediately feel uncomfortable, sort of heebie-jeebie. And so they try to find just one person and get that person off to the corner of the room so that they can just have a talk with that one person. It's not that they're snobs, it's just that they're not much for crowds. So people are different. Some like crowds, some, some don't like crowds. Jesus, it seems, wasn't much for crowds. It's not that he wasn't in crowds, he was in crowds all the time. Every time you turn around, the Gospels tell us that Jesus has a crowd that's following him. He's teaching the crowds, he's healing the crowds, he's feeding the crowds. So Jesus is in crowds all the time, but, but that isn't to say that he likes crowds. It seems like when you read the Gospels, Jesus is always trying to get away from the crowd. He crosses the sea to get away from the crowd. He, he goes off alone, away from the crowd. It was the crowd in Nazareth that turned against him and almost threw him off a cliff. It was the crowds who continued to press in on him. You see, Jesus knew what crowds were like. He knew of their demand. He knew of their volatility. Well, one day you're the Savior, but in the crowd the next day you can be the devil himself. You know what crowds are like. One day you're the king, the next day you're the goat. Public opinion polls change all the time. Jesus knew about crowds. He knew that you can't always count on the crowd. And so it's no coincidence that you read often how Jesus is walking through a crowd and he stops and he points out an individual, the woman bleeding, the the blind man on the side of the road, the, the tax collector, Zacchaeus up in a tree. It seems that, that in the crowd, Jesus is anxious to find the one person, the one person whom he can encounter. You've seen those Where's Waldo books. You know, each, picture, each picture is filled with people, hundreds and hundreds of people, and you have to find Waldo, funny looking Waldo. Waldo with his glasses and striped shirt, where's Waldo? Well, I think Jesus is looking for Waldo and for Susan and for John and for Mary and for Gloria and for Pete. He's looking for individual people. In John's gospel, it's Nathaniel and Nicodemus, the woman at the well, the blind man, The woman caught in adultery, Lazarus, Pilate, Thomas. All these people he singles out in the crowd. And so on this Palm Sunday, when the crowd runs out to meet Jesus and the palm branches are waving before Jesus and the coats are being laid before Jesus, you have to wonder if Jesus does not receive this crowd with some caution. He knows what crowds are about. He knows how fickle public opinion can be. He also knows that Friday is coming and that the crowd on Friday will be a very different crowd than the one on Sunday, from king to criminal. So what does Jesus see on this Palm Sunday at Church of the Palms? It's great to have a crowd, but he knows it's just a crowd. And he knows what crowds are like. He knows that only, what, 10, 20% of us will show up on Good Friday. He knows that the place next Sunday will be crawling with a crowd. And he knows that the following Sunday will be the lowest attended Sunday of the year. Jesus doesn't put much stock in a crowd. But Jesus puts a lot of stock in people. He puts a lot of stock in individuals. He puts a lot of stock in you. And I wonder if that might not be a message for us to hear on this Palm Sunday, that as Jesus walks in and through the crowd today, what might really be in his heart is a desire really just to get together with you, just you, to get you off into a corner to spend time with you, to talk with you, to listen to you, to heal you, to instruct you, to examine you, to question you. Might that not be what Jesus really wants to do? But is that what we want Jesus to do? Do we really want Jesus to step toward us in the crowd and say, Hey, you, let's go grab a chair, spend a little time together. Might there be a little fear in us of what he might find if he were to really spend some time with us? You see, there's something safe about just being in the crowd yelling, Hosanna, save us now! Just bless the whole lot of us Jesus just just make it quick because I've got places to go people to see things to do do we really have an interest in Jesus stopping in the crowd and inviting himself into our lives do we really want that kind of salvation imagine if you were not feeling well and you went to the doctor And after running a bunch of tests, the doctor says to you, well, I've got good news. What you have is treatable. And you breathe a sigh of relief and you wait for him to pull out his prescription pad. And then he says, and the treatment is for me to spend some time with you, to get to know you, to understand you, to find out what makes you tick. And to do this, I'd like to meet with you every day for the rest of your life so I can examine you. And I can learn what your habits are, and I can encourage you to live a good life. The treatment for what ails you is for me to be a part of your life. And your insurance totally covers it. <laughs> what would you say? What would you do? Would you ask if you could just write out a prescription? You know? a medication that you could take and in 10 days you'd feel better would you be tempted to say save me now you see the point the palm sunday crowd of which we are a part is eager for jesus ministry but they want it now and they want it quick and they don't want and they want to be on with their lives but jesus is one on one Jesus is the builder of relationships. Jesus is in this thing for the long haul. That's how salvation comes. That's how healing happens. That's how people's lives get changed. Do you share with me the reluctance to let Jesus into your life? I mean deep down into your life. Do you resist the examination he might have of you? Do you resist the time he may want to take with you? I sure do, and yet I know that my greatest friends happen to be people who I allow to take up my time. And I also know that Jesus wants to be my friend, to really be my friend. And a real friend is a person you let get deep inside of you. A real friend is a person whom you will allow to know you, to examine you, to encourage you, and to walk with you. Jesus comes to us in the crowd to be the deepest friend we have, and that can both be scary and encouraging. Imagine with me for a moment that tomorrow morning the phone rings and you pick it up and the voice on the other end is a correspondent from 60 Minutes. You know 60 Minutes, the new show that usually makes mincemeat out of the people they talk to. (laughs) You remember Mike Wallace? You never wanted to get a call from Mike Wallace. So you answer the phone and the voice on the other end says, this is Mike Wallace, 60 Minutes, we need to talk. What would pass through your mind? What did I do now? Just his voice, his name, Mike Wallace, 60 Minutes, we need to talk, would make you quickly, I suspect, think through all the things that you have recently done, all maybe the little lies in the corners you cut that maybe he might want to know about, and and just the sound of his voice would make you go through a hasty period of self-examination, which isn't necessarily such a bad thing to do. In fact, it may be the best thing a person can do to make you think about who you really are. The best friend may be the most probing of examiners. A friend of mine got a call once from Mike Wallace, and this is how the call came to be. My friend had fallen into a time of depression. He was closely reaching the end of his rope. And those of you who know depression know how desperate a depressed person can feel. My friend was desperate. And during the crisis of his depression, he read an article about Mike Wallace and how Mike Wallace at one point had suffered a severe bout of depression, and that he had experienced the same desperation as did my friend. And so after reading the article, my friend wrote Mr. Wallace, Mike Wallace, a note, and told him of how helpful it was to read the story of his battle with depression and how encouraging it was for him in his desperate time. A few days later, the phone rang, and the voice on the other end said, this is Mike Wallace, 60 minutes, we need to talk the examiner had called to encourage. And what followed was 30 minutes of conversation that kept my friend hanging on. The probing examiner, the caring encourager. And is this not what we find in Jesus? The probing examiner, and the caring encourager, the greatest friend we could ever have, the one who journeys to Jerusalem and makes his way through the crowd, the one who journeys to Sarasota and makes his way through the crowd. And when he looks at the crowd what does he see? He doesn't see a crowd. He sees you. He sees you. And you, and you, and you. He sees me. And he just wants to be a friend. He wants to be the best friend we could ever have.